How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Eucalypt Speed Test Intelligence Data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. This is Metroscope, an Intercom Portland Public Affairs program. I'm Preston Highfield. Joining us this time on Metroscope is Michelle David. Michelle is the communications director for the Portland Winter Light Festival, a Portland resident since 2002. She volunteered at the info booth at the inaugural festival and immediately understood the city's need for community at the darkest time of the year. She loves how the festival provides art exposure opportunities for anyone who may not have easy access to it in their daily lives. Welcome, Michelle. Thanks so much, Preston. I'm glad to be here. How are you doing today? Doing fantastic. Um, we've got some beautiful weather right now, and I'm really hoping that we have some beautiful weather for the festival this week, too. Absolutely. I think we're all hoping for that. Um, so let's talk about the Portland Winter Light Festival and just what it is. Um, you passed along some information to me, and you guys have your uh, website online that people can visit, pdxwlf.com, for information there. But mm-hmm. let's hear it from the expert and straight from the source. Just uh, tell us a little bit. I know you've been involved all four years. Tell us a bit about the festival. Yeah, I'd love to. So the Portland Winter Light Festival is an annual event that happens here in Portland. And what it is basically is it's a citywide event and showcases illuminated art installations and vibrant performances and stunning kinetic fire sculptures throughout our city. And it's an outdoor festival. So that means it's something that might be a little surprising to folks because, you know, we live here in the Pacific Northwest. We know that it's pretty gray right now. And that's the thing that we were looking for. We want to get people out of their homes, outside, interacting with each other, seeing some really cool art and having fun in the middle of February. Mm-hmm. And I think it's a great point in your introduction about how it's the, quote, darkest time of the year in Portland. You know, there mm-hmm. are real studies out there that people aren't as happy during dark and cold times. So uh, it's kind of a fun event to up- uplift spirits, if you will, with uh, the art and kind of the brightness there. And so I was looking on your website uh, again, that's pdxwlf.com for anyone listening who wants to go and check it out um, about the location of the festival. So uh, there are a couple different areas, and there's even a map key on here and uh, ways you can get around via Portland Streetcar, which is free after 5 p.m. Mm-hmm. Um, tell us a little bit about the locations for this. Yeah, so the locations for the festival, uh, it's kind of all around Portland, but there is a big emphasis on right along the Willamette River. So we have a huge presence right along Tom, Tom McCall Park uh, and also a huge presence over on the East Bank Esplanade. So by OMSI and by the Oregon Rail Heritage Museum. So you'll be able to stand on one side of the river and look across and mm-hmm. actually see the art installations on the other side. And we've also got a few other things scattered throughout the city. We've got a partner presence over at Portland State University. So you're going to be seeing tons of beautiful art over in Southwest as well. If anybody's ever been to the Pickathon Musical Music Festival, for mm. instance, uh, the Tree Line stage is actually going to be built right there in the center of Urban Plaza by PSU. It's going to be lit up. It's going to be a really fun way to think about summertime festivals right now in February. Okay. 
Yeah, and I see there's a location near the uh, the World Trade Center there on Salmon Springs Fountain, that nice area along the river there. Um, there are a bunch of cool different kind of events within this event that I want to get to uh, in just a bit, but who is kind of behind the festival? Who are the brains of it? How does it start? And I imagine there's kind of a lot of planning that goes into it um, that people who just show up might not necessarily think about, although they, I'm sure, certainly appreciate the effort that went into it. But tell us a little bit about the planning and just the whole process behind it and how it started. Yeah, I'd love to. Uh, So the festival, the first year of the Portland Winterlight Festival was back in 2016. That was here in Portland, uh, mainly concentrated around the OMSI area. And the inspiration for the festival, it goes back to a pretty longstanding tradition in Europe of European winter light festivals. So, I mean, the Europeans know a lot about dark winters, those long nights and short days. And a few visionaries from Portland, uh, we've got an, we've got people, a couple, one person, one of our founding members, an architecture professor from PSU. He did a study, a year-long study of art festivals in Europe. And our artistic director, Chris Herring, he actually journeyed to Europe as well and saw a light festival there at the Fête des Lumières. And in seeing those, they saw that in these European cities, the darkest times of year, when they're getting 12, 14 hours of darkness every day, what people do is they react by making everything really bright and beautiful. So ancient buildings get transformed with video projections. There are hundreds statues that are hundreds of years old they get transformed with lights with fire and it really gives people an excuse to come out mm-hmm. and when people from portland went to europe and they saw how beautiful it was and how it motivated people to come out of their homes and commu- have a sense of community and celebration and times when it's not just christmas it's not just new years and these other th- times that we all rely on uh, they really want. They felt motivated to bring it here to Portland, mm-hmm. and so they were able to link up with a really great nonprofit here in Portland called the Willamette Light Brigade. Uh, the Willamette Light Brigade's been in town since 1986, and that's founded by a group of light visionaries over here as well, and just people who are very enthusiastic about our city, uh, the beauty of Portland, and about the bridges. The Willamette Light Brigade you might have heard of, or you've definitely seen them because they're the ones that light up the Morrison Bridge. Uh, Back when Prince died a few years ago, Morrison Bridge was actually purple for a few days. That was because of the Willamette Light Brigade. Um, Fun fact for folks is that they will actually light the Morrison Bridge for you in any color you want for just $100. So if you just go to their website, you can order that the... Morrison Bridge is colored for any color you want for your message. So it's a pretty popular thing for folks to do for different causes, uh, even to celebrate a sports win. But also, a lot of times it's more to spread awareness of certain diseases or fundraising causes. So it's a really great service that these folks present. Mm -hmm. So once a couple of people who were very invigorated by the idea of bringing European Light Festivals to Portland, they were able to connect with this great nonprofit, the Willamette Light Brigade, 
who already had a lot of experience with working with the city to transform the city, um, they got their heads together and they were able to really bring this vision to success. Mm -hmm. Wow. Well, thank you for all that excellent background. I didn't know that uh, you could light up the Morrison Bridge for $100. Yeah, it's a pretty crazy little factoid about Portland. We might see uh, see that for now that more people know about that. We might mm -hmm. see that happen more see often. See more rainbows, yeah. more sports team wins. More, There's some, a lot of fun Some timbers, stuff. put it all, make green it all and white, green. Yeah. yeah, for the Blazers, yeah. red and black. <laughs> Um, that's funny. And then mm -hmm. maybe I should work for you guys so if I get to travel to Europe to get inspired. That would be cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, hey, let us know. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, but that's awesome. And so that was that kind of the inspiration? I mean, I, I think what I, I would like listeners to know is what's kind of the inspiration behind the, the festival? And, and you, you tapped on it a little bit there, which is uh, an excuse uh, to kind of get people out of the house during cold winter months in a city where there is great community and where uh, people do enjoy hanging out together. But also when it's dark and cold out, it's not the easiest to just get outside on a porch and have mm -hmm. a drink or whatever. Yeah. So maybe this is uh, this Winter Light Festival, which is February 7th through the 9th. I should get that out there uh, as often as I can. February 7th through the 9th. It's free for everyone to attend. 100% mm -hmm, um, free. 100% free. Family, kind of family oriented mm -hmm. um, or at least family friendly. Um, so is that kind of the kind of the purpose behind the festivals is that what you would say uh i would definitely say that the purpose of the festival is to bring folks out of their homes get them out there uh, the i mean as we all know as i and I, as i touched on earlier mm -hmm. here in portland you know we got the time shift in november and then we get to celebrate with thanksgiving and then we get to celebrate with christmas and then after new year's and all of those fireworks happen we all kind of sit in our houses and we hibernate through march so this is an opportunity for people to have another excuse to get out of the house and celebrate. Mm -hmm. uh, and then on top of that, in addition to giving people an excuse to come out in the first place, uh, the festival is all also really focused on placemaking for the city. So that means that we let people see the city in a brand new light. Um, things are lit up, spaces are transformed, that normally you would just, on your normal day, just commuting into work, you would wouldn't look at twice but now it's going to be beautiful it's filled mm -hmm. with art and it turns the city into a brand, brand new place cool well how has the fest festival grown since it started back in 2016 oh it's grown a lot um i've got some numbers for you and i can say that just for instance in 2016 which is the first year we started uh that was over down by the omsi area right along the the willamette river and that year, we had about 35,000 people come. Mm -hmm. And that's really not bad for a brand new event, no advertising, just people kind of hearing about it, a couple of TV appearances, a little word of mouth, newscasters just uh, coming down and helping out with their morning shows and showing uh, off the festival to folks, not too much press or anything otherwise. Uh, but then last year, so last February, and part of this, this is just because we had some beautiful weather last February, of course, but in 2018, we had over 140,000 people attend. So, you know, I mean, just tripling that attendance in three years is pretty major. But it demonstrates that just every year, more people are hearing about the festival. It's getting better word of mouth. And we're also getting more art every year. So that first year in 2016, uh, we had about uh, 35, 40 pieces of artwork out. But last year, we had over 100 artists, installations, and performers. So it's really grown year after year due to the support of the community. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, that's awesome. And so let's talk about some of this art that, that people can look forward to seeing. I mean, I'm seeing here we're going to get a 30-foot-tall giant disco ball. Mm-hmm. If that doesn't excite you, I don't know <laughs> what does. Uh, tell us a little bit about the art and some of the artists, if you're familiar with them, and kind of what people can expect to see. Yeah, so the artwork that's coming to the festival, I can can definitely guarantee that there's going to be some stuff that folks just have not seen before. You mentioned that giant disco ball, 30-foot tall disco ball. It's going to be right along the Willamette River over by Salmon Springs Fountain. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I mean, that fountain's usually lit up. Uh, sorry, it's usually going in the summertime. Beautiful, fun place to run around and cool off in the summer, watch the boats go by. And it's going to be winter, and what we're going to do now is just have a giant disco ball there. There's going to be live dance performances beneath it, and it's going to be there's going to be opportunities for people to just kind of relax and have their own dance parties under there as well. Uh, that disco ball, it's it was created by an artist named Ivan McLean, who's a Pacific Northwest res- resident. And every year he's brought some really amazing items to the festival. Uh, just in the past two years... In 2017 and 2018, he also brought a pretty amazing sculpture to Portland, a 20-foot-tall dragon made out of steel that shot flames out of his mouth. Whoa. So That's some pyrotechnics as well. Pretty fancy. So just bring some fireballs down, just uh, letting people enjoy that. Just definitely not the kind of thing that you're used to seeing here around the city. Mm-hmm. And some other very neat things. Another... Uh, Oregonian artist, Tyler Fuqua, he's going to be bringing uh, his psychedelia garden over into town. So actually, last year, you would have seen those at the Moda Center for a couple of days, uh, just lining the block. But this time, it's going to be over by the World Trade Center in southwest Portland. And those psychedelias, what are those are, are these 12-foot-tall, vibration-activated Jurassic flowers. So... You can just walk right up to this giant garden. There's a little shelter in the middle where you and your friends can relax. And they actually react to you. So touch, music, sound, they will actually react to you in your presence. Very cool. And uh, one other thing I'd want to mention over there in the southwest area, uh, another Pacific Northwest artist, Jen Fuller, she's going to be transforming the the underside of the Hawthorne Bridge, which is another area that people might not necessarily think of on a day-to-day basis. But for just three days, she's going to be installing over 100 paper airplanes that are actually hand-blown out of glass. So they look like paper airplanes, but they're actually beautiful, solid things, about about 150 of them just suspended in the air, dancing with the wind, uh, working with video projections. And so these are just a few of the things that are very extraordinary handmade by Pacific Northwest artists that you'll be able to see at this festival. Okay. Yeah, no, that all sounds exciting. And the silent disco is -hmm. happening all three nights at the World Trade Center. There are also, uh, let's see, science talks Mm -hmm. and bike rides to take part in. Um, Yeah, tell us maybe a bit about some of those. How about the silent disco that's going on? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, silent discos, tons of fun. Um, Not sure how many people have ever tried one before, but what a silent disco is, it's kind of what it sounds like, which is it's going to be a fun dance party out there in the middle of the World Trade Center Plaza. Um, once again, one of those areas, you might see it day to day on your commute, but you would never think about transforming it into just 
this wonderful interactive art festival. But so over there, it's run by this local company called Fun Lovin'. And they have, what they do is they'll have these dance parties. And everybody who's participating in the dance party wears headphones. Those headphones are tuned into the frequency for the DJ. But only the people who have the headphones on can actually hear the music. So if you're just standing by them, you're going to see all these people dancing, laughing, and having a fun time, but you won't actually hear it unless mm -hmm. you come in and join. Mm -hmm. uh, it's a pretty popular way to have fun celebrations out in public without being too disruptive because you can uh, make sure that the people who are actively enjoying it can be listening and dancing around. But if there are other people who just want to talk and relax, then they can all coexist. It's, it's a really fun thing. Yeah. Yeah, no, those are really cool. I've actually never been to one, but I've seen them for sure, and it mm -hmm. looks like a good time. Um, yeah, and those, uh, the light science talks, those are another thing we're really excited yeah. about. So what that is is um, over at the Oregon Rail Heritage Center, which is an amazing place in southeast. It's always it's filled with several trains that are just beautiful, older trains, classics. Uh, they're all lit up. And then we transform that area, that museum, uh, that into a place to learn where a lot of the artists who are creating art can give more talks about the science behind what they're doing. So they can talk more about the programming, the technology, and the things that drive it. Mm -hmm. And the other event that we're really excited about is going to be the Lantern Parade. So that's on the f last night of the festival on Saturday. And what that is, is um, just an opportunity for folks to really get out there and celebrate and participate in the festival. It's always the biggest event that we have every year. And uh, it's about a one mile walk across the uh, Hawthorne Bridge. And it just gives everybody the opportunity, if they're not sure how, to participate, to bring their own lanterns. Um, we'll have a few available for purchase as well if people are interested in buying some handmade art from a local artist and uh, just really be part of something big in the heart of winter, mm -hmm. which I think is the huge thing. In the summertime, there's more opportunities for folks, but over there in the wintertime, we want to make sure that everybody who wants to participate has that chance. Mm -hmm. No, I think that's awesome. And again, this is Michelle joining us. February 7th through the 9th are the dates. That's Thursday through Sunday, 6 p.m. to 11 p.m. It's 100% free to attend, open to all. You can also check out the Portland Winter Light Festival website. It is pdxwlf.com. There's a lot of fabulous information on there, as well as a map and ways to navigate to these different locations where you can take part uh, in these different events and also just take in the art uh, if you would like to just kind of view. And I, I know there's uh, food carts, I think you were mentioning to me earlier, so that should help people stay mm -hmm, out there, get some mm -hmm. warm get some warm Thai food or whatever you like while you're watching the art. Where do you get these artists from? I mean, how do you guys make that uh, point of contact? And yeah, how do you bring these are these artists in? Um, so the artists that are part of the festival, they are definitely very diverse. Uh, they don't all come from any one area. Although, as I've mentioned, there is a big emphasis on finding folks here in the Pacific Northwest. Uh, we have such an amazing community up here mm -hmm. that it seems like a good idea to just kind of let them all have an opportunity to come together and celebrate. Uh, and the artists that are featured every year, uh, they come from all sorts of disciplines and all sorts of light-based works. And so we do have professional sculpture artists, also a lot of the designer designers in architecture firms here in Portland come out to participate to build things. Mm 
We also have a lot of artists that show up festivals, art festivals, summertime festivals, and people in the tech industry who are just getting creative on the weekends. There are some folks that maybe even haven't never made art until they came to the Portland Winter Light Festival for the first time, and they were inspired. Uh, people like that, I'm thinking right now of Richard Miner, who is a gentleman who uh, he just came the first year in 2016. He saw some amazing artwork. It inspired him. The next year he came by, he proposed um, an artistic submission for something that he'd made in his own workshop. He'd never even exhibited before, but he wanted to bring this beautiful interactive light, uh, light-based sculpture to the festival. Mm -hmm. And he's come back year after year. And I love that the festival can bring together people who are this diverse. You're not only getting architecture firms here in Portland that are used to collaborating on projects um, like hacker architects, waterleaf architecture, but we're also getting people who, uh, like I said, have never even thought about exhibiting artwork publicly. Mm -hmm. And then we also mix in folks that are very experienced with going around the festival circuit and showing at places year after year. So it's an amazing mix. Mm -hmm. And what are some ways that people can get involved with the festival this year? I mean, it's like I said, it's February 7th through the 9th. It's free for everyone to attend. Um, I mean, do you guys accept donations? Do you accept volunteer work? Can you just kind of go into that a little bit for us? Yeah, I'd love to. Um, well, first off, the festival, I mean, it's for the people of Portland. Mm -hmm. So the big invite is for everybody to come down and check it out. And spread awareness. So you know, let your out of friend, out of town friends know uh, that there's something special going on in Portland. Uh, but if you are interested in getting more involved, the huge ask we have is for volunteers. Uh, we are a free event, but the way that it's free is because people are motivated to come in and contribute and be part of it. So we have volunteer opportunities for people of all levels of commitment. If you just want to come down for one night and help out, you're welcome to. If you would like to come out and help out all three nights, that'd be amazing as well. And uh, as a nonprofit with the Willamette Light Brigade, we do accept donations. There are links to donate and volunteer both on our website at the pdxwlf.com. And the those two things are very helpful. And if you're not feeling like donating or volunteering, then just getting the word out and making sure that you're coming down and experiencing this and enjoying the gift that's being given to Portland. I mean, that's that's huge. Mm -hmm. No doubt. And uh, this is Michelle David, Communications Director for the Portland Winter Light Festival happening here in Portland, February 7th through the 9th. It is free to attend, and you can go to their website, pdxwlf.com, and check out more information there, see the map. Um, I guess, finally, do you have any uh, insider hot tips uh, for folks who want to visit the festival. Where should they go or what should they bring? I guess bundle up would probably be one of the good tips. But yeah, uh, yeah what, what do you have? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so uh, like you said, Preston, bundling up is always good. I mean, this is Portland. We all know what the weather can be like. So you want to make sure to account for any adventures, weather adventures we might have on a night tonight. We've definitely paraded around in the hail before. So it's good to just make sure that you're prepared for that if that's what the winter is holding for us. Um, but then in general, definitely the number one tip that I give to anybody who asks is just use public transportation, consider alternate means of transportation. Um, as a public event that's open to everybody to attend, 
It takes place in the heart of Portland. Uh, parking is extremely limited. It's downtown parking. It's east side parking, but with you know thousands of people all wanting to be there for the same time. We have a great partnership with the Portland Streetcar, and they're actually allowing folks to ride for free on all three nights of the festival. So, you know, I'm, I suggest to people take a look at our map, park somewhere on the streetcar line, and then just hop out and ride over to the festival. Mm-hmm. Uh, we made sure to make to place the festival so that it's right on the public transit lines, and so that it's easy to just plan your night. So you don't spend time worrying about parking; you just go down and enjoy the festival. Mm-hmm. We've also got a great partnership with the Portland Spirit Cruises and Events. Um, every year they've been a great part of the festival. And this year they're allowing the use of their one of their water taxis, the Crystal Dolphin. So that's going to be doing free water taxi ferry rides across the Willamette. So if you're able to hop on one of those, it's a great way to see the city in a new light. Yeah. Uh, and then also it's just make sure that you're getting together with your friends, that you're planning out your nights. Uh, because it does get so crowded, I mentioned that number of over 140,000 people last year. Uh, you might consider coming in on the earlier side or on the late side just to make sure that you have uh, the ability to really stop and take in all of the artwork. But in general, it's just come on down and have a good time. Mm-hmm. Cool. Well, Michelle, thanks for being here. February 7th through the 9th is the Portland Winter Light Festival event, and it's 100% free to attend. Thanks for all the information, and good luck with uh, another outstanding festival this year. Thanks so much, Preston. I'll see you down there. We were talking today with Michelle David, Communications Director of the Portland Winter Light Festival. Metroscope is an Intercom Portland Public Affairs program. I'm Preston Highfield. If you're involved with a nonprofit or public affairs organization, or if you have an idea for an upcoming show, I'd like to hear from you. Visit MetroscopePDX.com and submit your ideas. You can also go to this station's website and submit your information there. Thanks for listening to Metroscope and enjoy the rest of your weekend.